Hey, welcome into the Teal Shirt Report podcast episode show number four. I I put out a question to John Gaylor. Who wore, who wears number four for the Jaguars? Now I know that number four was worn by I'm pretty sure Jim Harbaugh during his and, and Jim was never a superstar player. He was a good quarterback at times in the NFL and in college. Um, you know, Harbaugh played for, who, who did Harbaugh play for? The Bears. He played for the Bears, um, played for the Colts. Then I think he had a short stint with the Chargers. And now he's the head coach of the Chargers. So I think, uh, I think that's pretty cool. Um, you know, I remember distinctly when he played for the Colts, I'm pretty sure he was number four with the Bears, too. And uh, I'm going to try to get some, uh, um, try to look at some photos. I like to go back and look at the old photos, back like when Jim played. And uh, I know when he played with the Bears, I, I, I know I remember him with the Colts wearing number four also. Um, let me see. Let's pull something up here. There's a picture of um, Jim I'm looking at. Yeah, it looks like he's wearing the old, looks like he's wearing the old number four uh, for the Bears. So to my knowledge, he was, he was number four in his NFL career most of the time. And Jim was a backup quarterback at times. At times he played, he was a starter. And I, I think I'm correct on the three teams, the Bears, Colts. I think, I think he may have played for the Colts maybe longer than all of them. But I think it was close between the Colts and the Bears. And then he ended up playing with the Chargers, I believe, for a short time. Now he's the head coach of the Chargers. But this show's about the Jaguars. The Teal Shirt Report podcast wanted to uh, tell you the coaching carousel is swirling. Jim Harbaugh is the new coach of the Chargers after winning the national championship at Michigan. Michigan Wolverines defeated Washington in the title game. They beat Alabama in the semi the semi-final game. So, and, and lo and behold, the Harbaugh family, um, Jim's brother, John, has been coaching the Baltimore Ravens for, man, it seems like two decades or something. He's one of the longest tenured head coaches. And then I was told the other day he's not the longest tenured head coach. I guess I got to find out who that is. But John Harbaugh has been coaching the Baltimore Ravens for an oodle of years. Um, as they say in Alabama, um, it's been a minute. It's actually been a good minute. But Jim John Harbaugh has been the head coach of the Ravens. Jaguars got the new defensive coordinator. We touched on that during the um, podcast episode show number three. This is now episode show number four. Um, I think it's a good move. I you know I looked at some film with some practices. To me, it looks like Mister Nielsen. And I'm not going to speak badly of, you know, the past defensive coordinator or the past defensive coordinators. But in my mind, the guy in between, well, let me, well, briefly, we'll touch on it. Todd Wash, I was not a fan of his scheme. I was really not a fan of uh, D.C. Mike Codwell's scheme. But the guy in the middle, Joe Cullen, who coached in Jacksonville for one year, who uh, I think had less talent than the other two guys, Seemed to get the most out of his talent and had the guys improving. Now, defensive coordinator 
Ryan Nielsen, recently with the Atlanta Falcons, he's also got a hand in bringing, because a lot of the assistant coaches got canned, you know, right after the Jaguars uh, fired defensive coordinator Mike Codwell, some of the assistants, in fact, most of the assistants were fired. So again, there are some some new assistant coaches being hired, I think as many as three or four already. And I'm sure most of that is the call of the new DC. And he's, you know, when he makes a hire, it's obviously got to be approved by coach Doug Peterson. I think these hires eventually still go through the GM Trent Baalke, by the way, Trent Baalke says he's not retiring. Somebody, somebody asked him at the press conference, uh, Trent, will you, uh, Will this affect you uh, when, when your job's on the line? Does this affect how you do things as a GM? And, uh, of course, Trent Baalke said he's not retiring, so it sounds like he's going to be around for a while longer. And uh, Trent, Trent Baalke made a comment. He doesn't worry about his job. Now, if, if you and I were the GM of the Jags, you had a couple of winning seasons, even though you lost five of your last six games, um, this is a team, and and basically Trent walking the press conference, kind of summarizing they've got some pieces on this Jaguars team, but they got to add to it. It was mentioned during the, the one of the most recent press conferences by Trent Baalke this past week that Josh Allen will be a Jaguar player in 2024. Yeah, the Jags can tag him. I, I think the Allen camp, the Josh Allen, the defensive end linebacker Josh Allen camp, and that would probably include his agent and some of the folks around him. Uh, not not really that happy after Valky's press conference. And I think I think they're saying that Balky hasn't really talked to them yet, even though Balky's saying Josh Allen wants to be in Jacksonville. And and I I believe there's truth in that. I, I know there's there was a mention of about four teams, the Jaguars and three other teams. Josh Allen could end up on another team. Now, you got to give the guy the big contract. I, I know Balky mentioned that, you know, we don't know what the fair number is at the end, and we've all heard this before. And um, I'm going to say this. If I wanted to be tough on Josh Allen, I would say this. Josh Allen did not play consistently and good and great football all year long. He got the sack record. He ended up with a lot of sacks, and that was great. I think he still has more to his game to improve. Uh, but your your host of the Till Shirt Report podcast would pay. I would pay Josh Allen the money if I was a GM. I'm not the GM. Trent Baalke will have to deal with it. Can you imagine the Jaguars franchise tagging Josh Allen? Could that lead to a holdout? I hope not. I know Evan Ingram was franchise tagged, and then, and then the Jaguars eventually signed him to the three-year deal, which he's you know he's had over a hundred catches, yardage you know in the nine hundred yard range. Seems like he should have had more yards, as my executive producer JC has pointed out to me. Probably should have had more yardage if you're catching over a hundred catches. So, and and I will say this. Uh, a lot of folks complain about the play calling, and I, I will say that Evan Ingram seems like most of the plays he was involved in was a little pass, a little curl out 
five, six yards down the field or either nine, 10, 11 yards down the field. And I think there needs to be a little bit more. There needs to be another play or two in the arsenal. Play calling's got to improve, and I think it will. I think Doug Peterson's going to really concentrate on that in the offseason, fine-tune the playbook, come up with some surprise things. Maybe not the Philly special, but, you know, keep the other team, the other defense off balance. Um, the runs have got to be from different angles. Uh, the Jags got to improve that offensive line. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in free agency. And you got to remember, if we want to, like, like I'm talking about, if you want a wide receiver in the first or second round and you want an interior offensive lineman in the first or second round, um, keep in mind the free agent stuff in March is going to set the table. What if the Jags go out and get a wide receiver and an interior offensive lineman in free agency, and then you're going to downplay those positions in the draft. So we have to see what happens personally in free agency. I would like to see the Jags to help their defense get a couple of veteran guys. They don't have to be superstars, but some good players, maybe in prove-it years that the Jags can, you know, give a one-year prove-it-now contract or, or maybe a, a, a fair two-year deal. Um, and I think the defensive coordinator, the new defensive coordinator, Ryan Nielsen, you know, he's going to have – He's going to have certainly his opinion on it. I think he'll be the a big judge on who the Jaguars may sign in free agency. Man, I heard a rumor the other day that, you know, Calais Campbell played for Ryan Nielsen with Atlanta. Could Calais come back for a year with the Jaguars? Maybe he'll follow. Yeah, I'll throw that out there. I've already heard that. I've heard that on social media. Could Calais Campbell come back for one final year to kind of end his career? Calais is getting up there at age. I mean, Josh Josh Allen just broke Calais Campbell's uh, record. Calais Campbell previously had the the uh, single season sack record for the Jaguars of all time, and that's even you know more sacks than Tony Bracken's. I understand they're playing an extra game now and and all that, but when Calais was in Jacksonville, it was still at sixteen game schedule. Now it's seventeen games, and. Uh, Trevor Lawrence said, we'll be back. I've seen some good stuff about Trevor Lawrence keeping the confidence. Let's get the guy 100% healthy and get him refreshed. Our executive producer, JC, keeps telling me, man, they need to just get Trevor in a room and say, hey, what do you need? What do you need? I think, you know, in my opinion, I'm going to stick to this. Trevor can still throw the 15 to 25-yard pass most of the time right on the money. That's why he was drafted number one overall, in my opinion. Most quarterbacks cannot throw that pass down the field where you, you know, on the seams, even fairly close to the sidelines, you can hit a guy 15, 25 yards down the field. Not every quarterback can make that play, and that's why Trevor was drafted. Umaro, what is it? Numero uno in the 2021 draft. Uh, defensively, I think the Jags need to sign one or two. I'm going to just say defensive alignment. Um, you, you could get a cornerback in free agency, but I think the Jags, you know, they've got a lot of rookie guys in, that are defensive backs. I think they're going to lose Daniel uh, Daniel Thomas, who uh, finished up his fourth year out of Auburn. I think I think they will probably not have him anymore, but he was more of a backup. 
You got Antonio Johnson, who I think is going to become a bigger part of the defense as time goes on. Um, he's a safety, plays a lot of special teams. And I think Antonio Johnson, they might find he, he might be to play almost anywhere in the defensive backfield, nickelback, safety, playing special teams. I think he's going to be valuable. Fifth-round pick out of Texas A&M, who I feel was a steal in the April 2023 draft. That might have been one of Balky's best picks in in any of his drafts. 2021, Urban Urban Meyer, I think, was making the picks. Trent Balky was just happy that he was the G, there's the GM because Urban was comfortable with Trent Balky. That's what happened in my mind. That's what happened. NFL playoffs, playoffs, down to four teams now. And we have done horribly in picking the games. I mean, the first two weeks, I mean, the first week when I don't really even consider them the serious playoffs, that was three and three the first week. Second week, man, we got destroyed in all those games. We were 0-4. We felt like the Cowboys and the Eagles who got knocked out of the first round. So basically in our picks, and there's been – you know, there's been some games that could have gone either way, as you know, but we're like three and seven picking against a spread. We're going to try again this week. I like I like this week a little better because both games are on Sunday. Both games are kind of back-to-back. Kansas City at the Baltimore Ravens for the AFC championship game. Baltimore, this started out as Baltimore being a three-point favorite. Now, Baltimore's a three-and-a-half-point favorite, so some of the money has been on Baltimore. I, I, I'm going to take Baltimore. However, Kansas City's got intangibles. I mean, they got Coach Andy Reid. There may not be anyone any better. There might have been a few, but not many, better than Andy Reid at making adjustments. The guy traded up. He's the guy that traded up and wanted Patrick Mahomes, and he traded up to get him. Not number one overall, not number two overall, but number. But it was down the line. It was in the teens, I think. We'll have to look that draft up. But, man, it was a heck of a pick, and that was Andy Reid. Andy Reid traded up to get Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick Mahomes has a huge contract. He's won Super Bowls with the Chiefs already. However, Kansas City, here's more intangibles. Kansas City has to go on the road for a second week in a row. They beat Buffalo 27-24. to 24. Um in the round of eight uh, last weekend. Can you win two in a row on the road? Now, let me say this. I'm going to give you some intangibles why I think Baltimore wins this game and, and probably covers the spread by winning by six or seven points. It is true. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes will keep it close. He'll keep it close. But the Ravens, they've probably been playing the best football in the NFL since about game four. They started out, they weren't really, didn't didn't appear like the first three or four games, they were really any better than anybody in their division. But after about game four, man, they started knocking down the wins. Lamar Jackson never got hurt, which is a bit unusual. Uh, If he stays healthy in this game, I think Baltimore could win the game. The intangibles for Kansas City are about fourfold. And when when I talk about this stuff, then I'm saying, man, I think I made the wrong pick. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, a new wide receiver emerging, as my executive producer told me. Um, I I did think the Kansas City Chiefs defensive backs did a great job on the Buffalo Bills wide receivers. 
on that last drive Buffalo was on before they missed the field goal, the Scott Norwood sequel. And that, that ball, the wind had nothing to do with it. That ball, man, was just hit bad by the kicker and spun out to the right. It was long enough, but way to the right. was not accurate. And thus, Kansas City finds themselves again in the AFC title game, but on the road in Baltimore. Baltimore's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to take Baltimore to win the game. I'm thinking five, six, seven points. Baltimore wins this game. They've been the hottest team, the absolute best team in the NFL since probably about week number four of the NFL regular season. Baltimore's at home. Um, If they can run the ball in Kansas City, they can win this game. We'll see what happens. Uh, Baltimore's got the home field. they got a good football team. You know, I talk about Andy Reid being such a great coach. John Harbaugh's been there for years. He's been through the wars. I mean, let's face it. Both of these teams and both of these coaches have absolutely won Super Bowls. Okay, so, you know, continuing on, talking about Baltimore. I'm picking Baltimore. Man, I've... I have got destroyed in the picks. I think I'm three and seven. That's not very good. I was three and three the first week. We were we were a zero, zero and four in uh, week two when it got down to the eight teams. Now we're down to four. We're going to take Baltimore to cover. That means I'm saying Baltimore is going to win the game by four, five, six points. It's kind of went seven points maybe at the most. Um. The Detroit Lions at the San Francisco 49ers got some advice to play the under in that game. Also, I've got San Francisco covering. Maybe they win this game 21 to 10, 24 to 13. They win. I'm going to think I'm I'm thinking 11. This is what I'm thinking. 11 points. Detroit's got a lot of talent, but I'm not sure this is their year yet. San Francisco's been streaky. They won their first five games, then lost three in a row. Then I think they won six in a row. They've been a very good football team. You know, they've been one of the best football teams in the league. Detroit is capable of a stinker. This game's on the road, and I see San Francisco, but don't they play in there or somewhere like that, Santa Barbara? Let me, let me look that up real quick. We're brought to you by, we're brought to you by Saucerility in Capital. Uh, for your real estate needs in North Florida, remember Larry Saucer. Go to our website, bigjreport.com. There's a link for Saucerility and Capital, whether it's home, residential, business, or commercial real estate. It is Saucerility and Capital. Now, the stadium is called Levi Stadium. It's in Santa Clara, which last time I checked is not exactly San Francisco, but not too far away. They're still forever going to be known as the San Francisco 49ers. The Santa Clara 49ers, that doesn't really sound right. I will say this in defense of the 49ers. They got a lot of fans. Steve Spurrier punted for the San Francisco 49ers and was their their backup quarterback for years back in the 1970s before he joined the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they started around 1976. I have always been enamored with team's helmets. I think a lot of people have. San Francisco has always, even though the helmets look a little goofier now, they got like a windshield in them or something. 
it's not like the old helmets look, but I have always thought since I was a kid, the San Francisco 49ers have one of the coolest helmets, that gold and that SF on there. I think it's a great color scheme. Is it red, maroon? I guess it's red and gold. I've always thought they had one of the best helmets. And I know there was somebody playing in the football pool. I don't think they play anymore, but they were playing in our football pool a few years ago. It was a lady, and she liked to pick the teams by the color of the uniforms. If they had a nice uniform, she was picking them. And she, I'm going to be honest with you, she won. She won some. Is there something to that? The San Francisco 49ers with a great uniform. I honestly like the 49ers uniform better than the Lions. Is that the difference in the game? No. I think San Francisco 49ers might have played not as well as they could have against Green Bay. They were fortunate to win that game, in my opinion. I think they play a much better game at home as they host the Detroit Lions. San Francisco, San Fran's a seven-point favorite. I'm going to take San Fran to cover. I think to win the game by, I'm going to say, 11 points. 21 to 10, 24 to 13. Some experts are saying play the under. I don't even know what the spread is on as far as the under goes. Uh, Levi Stadium is a place in Santa Clara, California. They were brought to you by Saucer Realty and Capital. For your real estate needs in North Florida, Larry Saucer. He, you know, he evaluates property too. Property appraising. Larry's done that for years with Saucer Valuation. So not only do you have a real estate guy that can, you know, help you, you know, buy that home, give you some advice, sell your home if you want to put your home on the market. But you got a guy that uh, has done property appraising for years. I'm telling you, for years and years. So you got a real estate guy with tons of experience in property appraising and can handle your full service real estate needs in North Florida and surrounding areas. Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs. Go to our homepage at um, bigjreport.com. That's bigjreport.com. Scroll the homepage. When you get to the 24-7 North Florida weather, you'll find the link for Saucer Realty and Capital. So that is some of what is going on. I did want to, and keep in mind these point spreads, these uh, point spreads I'm talking about um, were done like two or three days ago, maybe. Uh, so they could have changed it a little bit. I want to kind of take a look at that. We're also brought to you by LakeYourFallHits.com. If you're searching for a really good internet radio station, a lot of people do more listening uh, to internet radio now. You got Lake. You follow hits.com, great internet radio where it's all good. They give you a variety too. You're going to get the incredibly good um, rock classics on Saturday. Um, classic rock Saturdays. They do late at night, midnight rock, midnight central time, one o'clock a.m. Eastern time to kind of let your hair down. But hey, if you own a business or you like to listen to the big songs, the, uh, the iconic songs, um, basically the recognizable and identifiable hits, lakeyfallahits.com, great internet radio. They do that too, Monday through Friday from morning to afternoon. After the daytime stuff, they go into the evening, Monday through Friday evening with Hits 2000. So you're getting variety. You're getting variety. And um, so check them out, lakeyfallahits.com, great internet radio where it's absolutely all good. Uh, they have also, I believe, 
some some live request shows now and check them out if you've been searching you know there's a lot of internet radio out there if you've been searching for one to kind of sink your teeth into uh, or your your eardrums to check out lakeufallahits.com great internet radio where it's all good let me take a look at the latest line on this uh, Detroit game with San Francisco let's see what we got here there's some trends developing um okay one of my sources says San Francisco will win cover the spread and the total will go under okay um San Francisco still clinging to that seven point favorite even the the same spread when the football pool was printed out uh two or three days back uh you're probably printed out around Wednesday or Thursday of this week the game uh, kickoff at 6 30 p.m this Sunday this Sunday January the 28th of 2024 at 6 30 p.m at Levi Stadium in um Santa Clara I get my Santas mixed up Santa Claus Santa Clara Santa Barbara but you know, they're actually in Santa Clara. Santa Clara. Let's go back and look at that again. Levi Stadium, 4900 Marie P. DeBartolo Way in Santa Clara, California. The DeBartolos have a street name in Santa Clara right there at the, the, the newer stadium. And it's going to be interesting. It's a good stadium, state-of-the-art. Uh, just built it, you know, just built a few, a few years ago. Jaguars trying to build a new stadium as well. Uh, by the way, Jacksonville Jaguars football will not be interrupted by the stadium. Anything about the stadium in 2024. However, I understand by this summer, there may be something concrete on the cost of the stadium where the Jags may play when the stadium is being built per year. It could be a year, could be two years, probably a year now from what people are saying. Is the stadium in the $1.4 to $1.5 billion range, or will it be a $2 billion or more cost of the stadium? We're going to probably know the official answers to all those questions, I believe, sometime by this summer in 2024. The same Time range when Texas and Oklahoma enter the SEC for the first time. And officially, the 2024 college football season, they're in the SEC. Going to be an interesting college uh, football season as well. We go back to talking about this game. And uh, is that the over-under? I've never been a good one to find these little numbers. Look at these little numbers here. The little numbers are San Francisco's minus seven, means they're seven-point favorite. And it looks like the over-unders, like, man, they're talking about a lot of points. 51 and a half in this one. Looks like that's the over-under, 51 and a half. So, if I say that San Francisco's going to win this one 24 to 13, right? We won't even mess with the 21 to 10. Let's go 24-13. That's an 11-point win for San Francisco. That's only about, what, 37 points. Play the under. Looks like the over-under is like 51.5 points. Play the under in this one. That's my opinion. I'm not going to even mess around with an over-under in the Chiefs-Ravens game, although I think that one 
could possibly go over would be my my you know trend of thought in that one even though I did terribly in week two missed them all oh oh and four we were three and three the first week when there was six playoff games you know San Fran and Baltimore had a bye and all the teams that won joined San Fran and Baltimore now all of a sudden we're in the the uh, conference title tilt Kansas City Chiefs at the Baltimore Ravens Baltimore's a three and a half point favorite we've made our pick we're taking Baltimore to cover I like Baltimore to win that thing by I can say four points. That would cover four, probably four to seven points in that range. Baltimore wins. The uh, the thing about Kansas City, man, they got a great coach, John Harbaugh. I think he can be a good or even great coach at times. I think Andy Reid's got the little plus there. I think John Harbaugh is a really good coach, and I think Baltimore's been perhaps the best team in the NFL since week number four. They've really kind of found their groove. And the quarterback staying healthy has been one of the big grooves of all of them. You take a look at Cleveland. I think they started, what, four different quarterbacks during the season, and they still made it to the playoffs. Playoffs, they're out now. They got eliminated by the Texans in in week one, and then the Texans got knocked out by Baltimore. Houston and Baltimore were tied 10-10. Baltimore outscored them 24-0 in the second half. So I'm going to take Baltimore to cover over Kansas City. Baltimore wins the game. They cover the three-and-a-half-point spread. They go over the three-and-a-half points. San Francisco, I think they're going to cover and win the game by 10 or 11 points. I'm going to say 24-13. Play the under. Just a tip. I'm due for a good week. I'm taking Baltimore and San Francisco to both win, both cover, and both head to the Super Bowl. You know, a couple of weeks down the road. But these games got to be played in Baltimore and in uh, Santa Clara. And uh, it's going to be interesting. Going to be some some really, really good football. Um, as far as the Jaguars go, you know, and I'm, I'm going to let's say one more thing about this stadium, Levi's Stadium. I just it's amazing that thing is built in Santa Clara like that. I guess it's not that far from San Fran, but. It's at 4,900 Marie P. DeBartolo Way in Santa Clara, California. Just to give you the official place and name of the stadium, Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, California. We've talked about that enough. Uh, We've given you our picks for the uh, AFC title game, taking Baltimore, and we're taking San Fran. Should be some interesting games. Kansas City at Baltimore. The Kansas City Chiefs at Baltimore Ravens game is this Sunday at uh, 3 o'clock p.m. That's going to be this Sunday, January the 28th at 3 o'clock p.m. And almost immediately after the Kansas City at Baltimore game, the Detroit Lions at San Francisco 49ers game will kick off in Santa Clara at about 6.30 p.m. So these games are 3 o'clock p.m. for Kansas City at Baltimore. 6.30 p.m. for Detroit at the San Francisco 49ers. Both games this Sunday, January the 28th. We're brought to you by LakeUfallHits.com. Great internet radio. Hey, my my good friend Mad Max does a show on Wednesday night. Man, it's good, too. And I I, I really want to thank Max for doing the interviews with me. You know that he does. Uh, We talk to Max probably once a month, twice a month. And always enjoy 
talking to Max. The timing's got to be right. I've got to be available. Max has got to be available to be able to do the interview. But the show must go on Wednesday nights. And it's 6 till 8 Central Time, 7 o'clock till 9 o'clock Eastern Time. The Mad Max Mix.Weebly.com. Classic rock request. Music pop classics. It's a good, really good mix. You go to BigJReport.com. Check out the outside the box section. You'll find an article about Max and some of the music he plays. Um, you can listen to Max's show at madmaxmix.weebly.com or go, you know, you can go to bigjreport.com in the neighbors two section, the outside the box section. We have an easy to click on link to get to Max's site and his show. So check it out to madmaxmix.weebly.com. Great to have you tuned in. The Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, we're, you know, Clayus Campbell probably won't come back to Jacksonville, but, you know, it's fun to talk about, man. He was a great Jacksonville Jaguar in the day when he played in Jacksonville. He was part of that, you know, that big playoff team back in the 2017 season. And he was, the, the fans love Clayus. They, they, they really did. Clayus has gone from Jacksonville to Baltimore to Atlanta. Will Clayus play another year? I mean, he probably will. Probably play maybe one more year. He's got the, he had the sack record in Jacksonville, and now Josh Allen broke it. I really believe the new defensive coordinator for the Jaguars can mold the young guys, the high draft picks the Jaguars already got, uh, the Chad Mumas of the world, the Devin. Lloyd's those linebackers and my goodness get get Josh Allen playing defensive end I know he's a defensive end slash linebacker get Trayvon Walker playing more up on the line I think the fundamentals are going to be stressed by this new defensive coordinator uh, Ryan Nielsen I think the tackling will improve what struck me by some of the teams that are in the playoffs teams like Cleveland uh, Baltimore, Houston, teams that have, that made the playoffs and made some actually most of them made some noise in the playoffs. These teams had gang tackling. They had they had their defensive linemen and linebackers attacking the football and gang tackling. I think some of that was missing in Jacksonville because we saw teams getting most of the time, unless the Jaguars got a turnover, they got they got fortunate and got a turnover, made a big play and got a turnover. The opponent was getting sustained drives most of the year. The Jaguars did not really have a recipe um, for stopping the other team. Three and out. There, there was one game where the Jags had, I think, I think some three and outs early in the game. And then after that, that was early in the year. And you didn't really see much more of that the rest of the year. That's why defensive coordinator Mike Codwell is out. Entered new defensive coordinator from the Falcons. New defensive coordinator, uh, Ryan Nielsen. We'll talk North Florida Entertainment. Uh, the Falcons did hire a new coach. Um, you know, the Jim Harbaugh was hired by the Chargers, right? Okay. I know that Bill Belichick interviewed with the Falcons. Jim Harbaugh interviewed with the Falcons uh, at least once. I think he was going to get a second interview. And then he decided to take the Chargers job, the Los Angeles Chargers job. Um, the Falcons hired a guy. It surprised me a little bit, but not completely because this guy has been talked about the last, I think, two or three years for uh, head coaching opportunities. Um, the Falcons now have hired Raheem Morris, 
comes aboard as the new head coach for the Atlanta Falcons, as announced, you know, by their, obviously by their, their owner of the team Falcons hiring a new head coach. And it isn't Bill Belichick. And, you know, Bill Belichick's going around to these interviews, man, he's not retiring. Um, Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft just went their separate ways and New England's hired a coach too. Um, been a pretty interesting coaches carousel. Uh, Raheem, Raheem Morris would do a good job in Atlanta. We'll see what happens. Ultimately, no matter who the head coach is, it comes down to wins and losses. The Falcons, though, hated to lose their defensive coordinator, Ryan Nielsen, who's now with the Jacksonville Jaguars as, as their D.C. I had heard some rumblings that Philadelphia Eagles may have been interested in uh, defensive coordinator Ryan Nielsen as well. So the Jaguars may have got them a coup, may have really got them a good guy, and they needed a good defensive coordinator because two out of the last three guys that Jags have had have been disappointing the schemes and maybe maybe even the fundamentals. Um, it's going to be the job of defense coordinator Ryan Nielsen to turn all that around, get the players playing better fundamentals, making more tackles, attacking the football, making the big plays, and stopping the other team from sustained drives. We'll talk North Florida Entertainment coming up. We'll see how the Icemen are doing. The Icemen have been playing very, very well of late. We'll check on the Icemen, North Florida Entertainment, and more as episode show number four continues of the Teal, the Teal, the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Weather, it's warming up. We had some fog um, as I was recording this podcast on Saturday morning, January the 27th. Had some fog looking out the window. Now the sunshine appears to be shining through the fog. We've had a couple of days back to back where we've gotten up to near 80 or 81, warmer weather. Uh, low temperature this morning was only about 64. So as I'm, and we've had a little bit of rain the last, you know, one to three days. And then they tell me it's, we're going to have another cold snap, um, about midweek, I believe. We got North Florida entertainment coming up. Stay tuned. This is episode show number four of the teal shirt report podcast. Thank you for listening. Episode show number four, the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Jim Harbaugh wore number four, primarily a backup quarterback, but he played a lot of football. He started a lot of games and played with the Colts, played with the, the Colts, the Bears, the Bears, and he, that's why a lot of people thought, man, he might eventually become the Bears coach. I don't think so now. I think the Chargers, this is going to be the end of the, the line. I mean, I thought, you know, when he decided not to become a head coach, the last two or three years, I said, man, he's just going to stay at Michigan. He was not really looking for a job, I don't think, in 2021, but I made the comment he was my number one choice. Yeah, yeah Jim Jim Harbaugh was my number one choice um, after the Jaguars had fired Doug Marone and the search was on and Urban Meyer was hired. I had Urban on my list, and Urban knows football. He does. Had a bad year. Uh, didn't make it through even in an entire year as a head coach of the Jaguars. I was wanting 
really, I thought that Jim Harbaugh would have been the perfect choice. Jim at that time may not have been seriously looking for a job in 2021. Look what he did after that, after Urban was hired in Jacksonville with the Jaguars. All of a sudden, Michigan really started to put it together. Three After Jim couldn't buy a win over Ohio State, he wins three straight games against Ohio State, wins the last few Big Ten titles, and now has won a national title. And now he feels like he, he's done a good bit at Michigan. Now he feels like he can go back to the NFL. Our feeling was always, and I think my executive producer, JC, thinks this as well, that Jim Harbaugh is probably a better NFL coach than a college coach, and he just won the national championship. So, you know, say what you want about Jim Harbaugh, he he can make it happen. He really can. The, most of the players really love playing for him. When he was a head coach at San Francisco, he made it to the Super Bowl. Uh, him and Balky butted heads, and I don't think that's too good of a relationship now. And Jim left. You know, when Jim left the 49ers, there were – and the 49ers went through some bad – couple of bad seasons, I think, after that. All of a sudden, Jim leaves, and there were players that either were leaving going to other teams or they were just players walking away from football and retiring early. After Jim Harbaugh left, think about that. But Harbaugh's with the 49ers. He was a good coach when he, when he, I should say, when he was with the 49ers. Now he's with the LA Chargers. He was a good coach with the 49ers, good coach with Michigan, just coming off a national championship. He's kind of dominated the Big Ten the last two or three years and three straight wins over Ohio State, Big Ten titles uh, now in the last two or three years. And, and now a national championship, a national championship game victory over Washington. And it was convincing. Jim Harbaugh's Michigan team, they ran through Washington. They had the running game going and the defense played good. That's the recipe for success in college football. That is the recipe for success even in the NFL. Jim Harbaugh wore, wore I should say, number four. Coaches don't really wear a number. But when Jim Harbaugh played, I, you know, I believe with the Colts, the Bears, and even a, a short stint with the Chargers, he wore, I think, with most of those teams, wore number four. This is number four episode, show number four of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And, of course, we are in, we are absolutely, we are absolutely in uh, season five, episode four, season five. That's where we are. Uh, Jaguars have hired some, some new coaches to to the staff. Uh, defensive coordinator now, as you know, is Ryan Nielsen. He came to, from the Atlanta Falcons. And um, spending uh, this season without an NFL gig, uh, and this is a report I'm, I'm, I'm seeing online right now, spending this season without an NFL gig, Chris Richard will again – uh, be paired with Ryan Nielsen in 2024. The two former Saints co-defensive coordinators are reuniting in Jacksonville. That's interesting. The Jaguars adding Richard to their staff. Um, the two worked together in New Orleans from 2021 to 2022. Uh, let's see. Richard is best known for his time as the Seahawks defensive coordinator. 
So let's see. Ryan's putting this. Uh, Ryan Nielsen's putting this defensive coaching staff together. Guys that kind of come from his tree. Think about that. The tree, right? Um, and there's a couple of other guys that have been been hired, and I think it's interesting. Um, wow. Jaguars, basically, they're going to have almost all new coaches on the defensive side of the football. And uh, by the way, this this article that I was kind of reading from came from, it looks like the story was by Sam Robinson with Pro Football Rumors. And uh, again, the Jaguars getting some new Defensive coaches to coach under defensive coordinator uh, Ryan Nelson. We'll take a look at uh, North Florida Entertainment. Take a look at the shows coming up. You know, I've got to talk college football. Really concentrate on college football in the next episode. I'm, I'm starting to think about Florida's schedule, which is... Um, doable the first seven games and, and you say well the sec is tough it is but the last five games of the season i saw teams on the schedule for the florida gators like georgia Ole miss texas florida state and there was one other team that escapes me on the schedule but the last five games are like murder's row absolutely murder's row uh for the florida gators let's take a look at um Jacksonville, Jacksonville Iceman Hockey. I see some stuff was talked about. Gus Malzone at Central Florida. I see Gus has been busy. You know, Central Florida is now in the Big 12. Malzone hires a former Auburn staffer. Um, former players, cornerbacks coach at Central Florida. So Central Florida, they are fully entrenched in the Big 12 now. Texas and Oklahoma moving into the SEC, and we'll have a lot of SEC and college football talk coming up in future episodes. NIL is is kind of crazy. I'm not a big fan of it. Our executive producer is not really a big fan of the way college football is turning as well. Um, but we're all going to cover it. We're going to follow it. John Gaylor is a big you know college football fan, as we all are, right? Uh, our Obviously, our uh, correspondent, contributor, and a supporter of our podcast, John Gaylor. Thank you for all the insight, the help, and uh, your opinions. Same thing with our executive producer, JC, who we have had a lot of talks over the past few days. Gus Malzahn at Central Florida. I mean, I think Central Florida is probably going to end up to be a contender, if not in the next year, pretty quickly. They're in the Big 12 now. That means you know, you win the Big 12, and you're going to be in the playoff if you win the Big 12 because the playoff's going to expand from four to 12 teams now. The SEC with 12 teams in there, I'm thinking the SEC is going to get probably two teams in the playoff. I would hope it's not going to be more than two. That's just my opinion. When you hear stuff about NIL, you hear that an Alabama quarterback's transferring to Ohio State, going to play the same season. Florida. Gets a four-star defensive back from Alabama, which is good for Florida. Probably He's probably not the best defensive back at Alabama, but I'm sure Alabama doesn't want to lose a four-star. Um, it's like free agency. Minor league football is what college football has become, and it's owned by the four-letter network. 
and we all know who that is, ESPN. I was telling JC, our executive producer, I said, all this started probably back in the late 80s or 90s when the TV network started saying, no, the kickoff time is going to move. You're going to kick off at this time where we can put the game on TV, whether it's a day game moving to a night game. You know, all essentially back in the day, and, you know, John Gaylor and a lot of other people know I'm kind of old school, but back in the day, I think all the kickoffs were like, um, they, they were all kind of regimented. I think everybody was kicking off at one o'clock unless the game was moved Saturday. And, and now nobody's kicking, nobody's kicking off at one o'clock now, right? There's the, probably the 12 noon game. Uh, you remember the, the SEC teams that were had lost a couple of games in a row. They were ended up at, they were ending up at twelve noon. The big matchup was a three thirty CBS game, and then ESPN had some big games on Saturday night. That's where it all started with the networks beginning to try to own college football. Hey, we're moving to kickoff time, and we're going to let everybody know at least six days before the game when they're going to kick off. When you have the ticket stub, it's not going to have the right kickoff time on there, is it? Um, I guess if they're online tickets, I guess they can change it. But everything's changing. NIL, conference realignment, and this is a subject probably for another time. So just giving you a little insight and insight and thought on that. Um, there's a lot of things going on in college football. There's no doubt about that. Um, the Iceman, every time I look up, man, they are absolutely winning hockey games. You know, they started out slow. They were actually under 500, I think, a couple of months ago. Um, December and January, they have absolutely played great. Let's check the standings now. I checked the standings, and they got 17, 18 wins. And then the last time I looked up, they had 20, 21 wins. Um, let's take a look at the Southern division. There's like, man, there's 28 teams in the East coast hockey league. We'll take a look and concentrate at the Southern division. Yeah. The Icemen are up to 22 wins, 22 and 15 with three overtime losses. They're making some gains on Greenville, but Greenville is still 12 points ahead of the Icemen. Greenville swamp rabbits, 59 total points at Jacksonville Iceman, 47 total points. Now completely in second place alone, Orlando solar bears with 46 points. Florida Everblades tied with Orlando for third and fourth place with 46 points. Actually, there's three teams tied for third, fourth, and fifth place. Orlando with 46, Florida Everblades with 46, South Carolina Stingrays with 46 points. Savannah Ghost Pirates, at least in their second year in the league, are out of the cellar. They got 33 total points, and the Atlanta Gladiators pull up the rear with 30 total points. We'll take a look at some scores. The Icemen have been... um, winning they've been winning most of their games they've they you know they pulled way ahead of way over 500 now um let me pull up some of the latest scores i saw they've scored a lot of goals um recently in some you know some recent games um you get a hot goaltender man you can go a long way in hockey you really can let's take a look at some of the scores Uh, let's see utah Grizzlies six rapid city rush three Allen Americans four, Kansas City two, Idaho Steelheads defeated Tulsa four to two. Let me find the Iceman, the Jacksonville Iceman six, the Savannah Ghost Pirates one. That was on January the 26th in Savannah. 
Man, the Iceman put six goals on the board against the Savannah Ghost Pirates. Jacksonville Iceman six, Savannah Ghost Pirates one. That appears to be the latest game um, from the Jacksonville Iceman. We'll take a look at some North Florida entertainment. Of course, Iceman hockey is really part of uh, North Florida entertainment. We're going to absolutely pull up some shows now. Still updating our shows, but here's a few of what we've got. ZZ Top is coming March 5th. Uh, Gladys Knight will be in Jacksonville, too. Gladys Knight, man, she's been around a long time. Long, long time. Gladys Knight performing on February 13th of 2024 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater in Jacksonville, Florida. Also, ZZ Top performing on March 5th. If you've never seen ZZ Top, man, this might be an experience for you. Let's see, ZZ Top performing March the 5th, 2024 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. At ZZ Top, one of, my, one of my best friends when I was growing up as a kid, uh, Ty Potterfield. And sadly, Ty is no longer with us. He passed away young at 17, but and he was a great friend of mine. We played basketball together, overnight stays at his dad's house. And I, I met up with his dad recently. It was a great meeting. We met uh, for breakfast one morning. It was a bucket list item for me to find one of my best friend's dad's dad. And his dad's like 89 now. And it's still, still looking good. Well, I'll say that. I took some, I took some, we took some pictures. Uh, we were over at, where did we have the breakfast? Uh, it was, uh, no, I was going to say Panera Bread. It wasn't Panera Bread. It was First Watch, I believe, in Riverside. Great to see Tyler Potterfield Sr. But what I was going to bring, Ty, we watched a lot of baseball, sports together, played basketball, youth basketball. And um, I remember the reason why I brought my, one of my best friends up um, when I was a kid is I remember him distinctly saying ZZ Pop Top, ZZ Pop Top. Well, I've never, they're not known as ZZ Pop Top, but that's what he used to say. ZZ Top performing on March the 5th, 2024 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater here in Jacksonville, Florida. I would recommend you go see that. You know, I know that one of the, you know, the the leading guys in um, ZZ Top passed away a couple of years back, but they still got a lot of the, the founding members. And and the guy who passed away, he actually handpicked his replacement. So. They're going to sound good. They're veterans of music. Check them out. ZZ Top. ZZ Top. And uh, I probably my favorite era from ZZ Top uh, was probably the DeGuelo album. When they did Cheap Sunglasses and Nationwide and Manic Mechanic. That's a cool song on YouTube, Manic Mechanic. Look it up. That's got such a strange sound to it. It was just a unique song. Um, so I know that ZZ Top's been around a long time. It was it was uh, Dusty Hill that passed away. I try to keep all these names straight. Dusty Hill, the bassist of U.S. Blues rock band ZZ Top, died at the age of 72. And this has been, I think, a couple of years ago. Dusty passed away. It's been, what, at least maybe two years ago. Hill died uh, in his sleep at his home in Houston, Texas. One of Rock's most iconic trios lost to member Dusty Hill. 
the replacement was handpicked by Dusty Hill before he passed away. He and he pretty much decided who was going to replace him, and that that's kind of cool. The music lives on with with ZZ Top and uh, obviously Dusty Hill's up in heaven, rock and roll heaven, man. That's that's a place. There's a lot of great guitar players up in heaven. Eddie Van Halen passed away back in 2020. He's up there, and Jimi Hendrix, and man, what a great, what a, what what a great place, heaven. And I've lost a lot of loved ones, friends, family members, and um, the ones that have left us. I mean, we're all kind of back here to kind of take care of each other, friends and family, and and whatnot. ZZ Top, they got still a lot of members left. Dusty Hill handpicked the guy that replaced him. ZZ Top performing on March the 5th of 2024 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater here in Jacksonville, Florida. The Starship in Orange Park. The Starship featuring Mickey Davis at 7.30 p.m. March the 9th of 2024 at the Thrasher Horn Center in Orange Park, Florida. Uh, the group Widespread Panic, and this is kind of unusual, I thought. They're doing three shows, three consecutive nights in St. Augustine. The group Widespread Panic, and these guys are veterans. They've been around a long time. Whenever I've heard a widespread panic song, you might hear it on the radio. Hey, that's widespread panic. Their music has always sounded good to me. I'm not very familiar with the group as I am with a lot of my favorite groups, but the group widespread panic will be performing in St. Augustine, Florida for three nights and three shows, March 22nd, March 23rd, March 24th of 2024. That's widespread panic. Three nights and three shows on March 22nd, March 23rd, and March the 24th. The first two nights are at 7 o'clock p.m. on the first two nights. And then at 6.30 p.m. on the final night on the Sunday night, March 24th, a show on the final night in St. Augustine, Florida at the St. Augustine Amphitheater. Uh, Hootie and the Blowfish should be coming in a few months from now in Jacksonville at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena. So Hootie and the Blowfish will be at the arena. Um, you know, the, the main singer in Hootie and the Blowfish, Darius Rucker, that's the guy's name, huge, uh, South Carolina fan. He actually played a show, a solo show as Darius Rucker at the SEC championship weekend. He loves football, big South Carolina fan. So he's a big SEC fan as well. And Hootie and the Blowfish will be in Jacksonville. This is a good one. Hootie and the Blowfish on uh, Friday night, September the 27th of 2024 at 7 o'clock p.m. at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. That's September 27th of 2024. We're getting to the end of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And um, we kind of saluted Jim Harbaugh, number four. I was trying to see if... Um, you know, I could find a number four for the Jaguars. And maybe we'll do an encore before we completely wrap it up. But right now, we are going to wrap up the show. This is episode show number four, season number five. want to thank all of our sponsors. Uh, LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio. Salsa Realty and Capital for your real estate needs in North Florida. The Mad Max Mix. Weebly.com. Those are great. Those are absolutely great sponsors. 
of our show. Saucer Real Leading Capital, LakeUpalaHits.com, Great Internet Radio, and the Mad Max Mix. Weebly.com. I want to thank my producers who really give me a lot of input to the show. Our executive producer, JC, our producer, Alex Nunry, our contributor, correspondent, and supporter, John Gaylor. Thank you guys very, very much. It's going to wrap it up. Unless we come on with an encore, that's going to be it. This has been episode show number four of season number five here in uh, late January of uh, 2024. We're into the fifth season now of the Teal Shirt Report podcast, and this has been episode show number four. I'm Scott, your host, and I'm out. Hey, you guys have a great day. Thank you for listening. Okay, we without a doubt, we've got to do, do an encore now. I had a couple of things I wanted to go back over real quickly. We're not we're not going to be here that long. Uh, number four, Tank Bigsby. So we we did find the Jaguars player. I hadn't heard back from Gaylor yet, but Tank Bigsby, I believe, wore number four in twenty twenty three his rookie season. He was a third round pick out of Auburn. Had a little bit of a disappointing season. We went over the stats on um, previous. Jacksonville Jaguars episodes uh, here in 2024. So please go back, listen to episode show number one, two, three. This is number four now. We kind of honored Jim Harbaugh, who wore number four back in his playing days when he was a quarterback. I think most of the teams he played for, he wore number four. He played with the, um, the Colts, the Bears, and the Chargers. And now he's the head coach of the L.A. Chargers. Tank Bigsby's been disappointing. I know my executive producer said when Tank Bigsby was picked back in the late April 2023 draft that the Jaguars and Balky hit a home run. And still, they may have. Um, Tank had some, some, as I understand it, some injury issues off and on. Um, then I had other people say, well, Tank's uh, kind of hesitating when he's running the football. So hopefully that the, the the thought is he's got the tools. He could be a goal line back or more effective because, you know, whole, the whole key with Tang Bigsby is most of the Jaguars fans, the media, and, and the coaches, they want to see ETN get a blow, get a little rest, and not, you know, have to carry the ball every time. So the ideal thing is for ETN to get his proper amount of carries, get his yardage, and for Tank Bigsby uh, to do the same thing. Tank Bigsby, we'll talk. This is a positive. This is actually a positive mention of Tank Bigsby. Where's number four for the Jacksonville Jaguars? He's on a rookie deal, which means in all likelihood he's going to continue to be around through the four-year rookie deal. But he's got to improve in the offseason. And year two must be better for running back Tank Bigsby, who wears number four for the Jacksonville Jaguars. One quick thing about the Baltimore Ravens. I was talking about them covering that three-and-a-half-point spread over Kansas City. I'm That's still my pick. I'm picking Baltimore and San Francisco to both cover in the uh, conference championship games uh, this Sunday. I got Baltimore covering the three and a half points over Kansas City and San Francisco at home covering the seven points over the Lions. I think the San Francisco victory over the Lions will also be under the total. I'm going to take San Francisco winning 24 to 13 over Detroit. 
Baltimore, they got a good defense. They've been the hottest team in the NFL, probably the hottest team since maybe game four of the regular season. They got a good football team. Lamar Jackson has stayed healthy. One more intangible. You know, an intangible is Baltimore's got a real good defense. They show the opponent a lot of different looks. That could match up well with Kansas City, but Kansas City's got the weapons. They got the running back, uh, Pacheco, Travis Kels, of course, or Kelsey. And I want to always call him, I see the way his name's spelled. I call him Kels a lot of times, Travis Kelsey. We all know who his uh, girlfriend is. And he gets, it's, he's, he's, he's a pretty popular player with NFL fans. Um, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs have, have the Kansas City Chiefs have had, uh, you know, some young wide receivers come on the scene. You got a good running back in Pacheco. Um, Travis Kelsey, obviously. They got the weapons there. Baltimore's got the defense to give teams a lot of different looks. So you're going to see a chess match between the Baltimore defense and the Kansas City offense. I think Kansas City, you got to watch out for them because they got good defensive backs. And they did a good job against Buffalo late in that last fourth quarter drive against the Bills before the Bills ultimately missed that potential game-tying field goal wide to the right. Um, But I'm going to take the two home teams. I'm taking San Francisco to win the NFC title, the San Francisco 49ers to win the NFC title, and the Baltimore Ravens to win the AFC title. Thus, I'm looking for a rematch. Baltimore and San Francisco played each other. When the two Harbaugh's were coaching, when Jim Harbaugh was coaching the San Francisco 49ers before he went to Michigan, and still John Harbaugh, still during all this time, has remained as the Baltimore Ravens head coach. And, of course, John Harbaugh's won, you know, he's won the Super Bowl with the Ravens. However, Lamar Jackson, this is about as far as he has gone in the playoffs since he's been the quarterback with the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, as you know, Lamar Jackson in the offseason signed a huge contract. And everything has gone well so far because he has remained healthy. That has been the key thing. Kansas City defensive backs could pose some problems for Lamar Jackson throwing the football. We'll see what happens. I think Baltimore's really going to have to be able to run it, run the football against the Kansas City Chiefs, whether it's Lamar or, you know, more likely in – Better off the running backs doing that running uh, for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. But I like Baltimore to cover. I like San Francisco to cover as well. As far as the Josh Allen defensive end linebacker situation, the uh, pass rush leader for the Jaguars, everybody said the Jags got to get another pass rusher. No, I I don't think they really did. I mean, you got Josh Allen breaking the uh, sack record. Trayvon Walker ended up with 10. And he's got to get better. Um, my, my thing about Trayvon Walker is, you know, he had a better season in two than in season one. He's got to become more of a dominating defensive player for the Jacksonville Jaguars in year three and year four for the Jaguars to ultimately get where they want to go back into the playoffs and deeper into the playoffs. I think I got it all handled this time. Uh, with the encore again, we're going to uh, honor Jim Harbaugh, who most of his playing days in the NFL he wore number four. Tank Bigsby, we're hoping Tank Bigsby really becomes a good running back in the NFL in year number two. He wears number four for the Jacksonville Jaguars as well, 
and uh, he just completed his rookie season. He was a third-round pick out of Auburn. That's going to do it for the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Special thank you to all of our sponsors, Saucerility and Capital, LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio, and the Mad Max Mix, .weebly.com. Executive producer, JC, thanks for the, the conversations this week. He's really been helpful with producing uh, this podcast. So special thanks to our executive producer, JC. We've been eloquently produced by our executive producer, JC, Alex Nunry, our other producer, and our correspondent, our correspondent and supporter of the podcast, John Gaylor. And, um, our contributor, correspondent, and supporter of the podcast, John Gaylor. Thank you so very, very much. That's going to do it for the Encore. My name is Scott with the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number four of season number five. And hey, I'm out. And we, hey, we, we picked all the playoff games. Let's hope we're right. Let's hope we get some of these, a couple of these games right this week. You guys have a great day and enjoy the games. This is the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I'm your host, Scott. And I'm out this time. Have a great day.